0: I'm Bill. I'm T-Dog. And this is Two, two Films, Two, two Curious.
1: Films. God, we're so cute. <laughs>
0: Where we watch two movies... And this is
1: the second one.
0: This is. This is Two Films, too Curious a two. second time. <laughs> two Films, Two Curious one. 2. Two, two films, <laughs> two, two, two <laughs> curious. Where we watch two movies, and the two of us, at some point, are curious. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, last week, doesn't matter. Time doesn't work for you guys. We watched Dune... And the Dark Tower. Yep. And we talked about adaptation versus translation. That's our magic word of the day. Right, that's our adaptation. Words. Word. Word. Do <clears throat> you have a definition for us? I
1: do. I have the etymology again,
0: too. Oh, because thank you. This is what I love. I'm really glad you do because <laughs> I didn't and was banking on you having it. So <laughs> this is just that this is of course the way that the podcast always goes, as Tyler has the definition of the word. Yes.
1: So comes from the Latin ad to and aptar or to join so Adaptar to adjust okay now a modern definition actually comes from the 1670s so pretty early on right although relatively speaking all these definitions fit this meaning of condition of being adapted state of being fitted to circumstances or relations okay i think perfectly fits because you're adjusting whatever kind of medium to the next medium right often book to movie but not always could be a graphic novel. It could be movie else. to book for all of you and sometimes novelization it is. <laughs> fans out there. Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's changed a couple definitions. It has the biological definition of variations of a living thing to suit okay. like changing conditions and that's Darwin that first did that in 1859. What a nerd. He was a huge nerd. But for us,
0: for our purposes adaptation is converting from one medium to another Mm -hmm. at least in this point from these two books or book series to a movie these two movies
1: and i like using the word translation right because just like you can have multiple translations of a thing of like a text right you can have so many different movies made of the same book right presumably they're making another dune right and another dark tower Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, what
0: would you say is the difference between adaptation and translation? Or am I jumping the gun? Is that one of the questions you have?
1: It's not a question. Okay. Um, I mean, it is a question. It to a me, question. translation has a more academic feeling. Okay. I feel like like a translation is more strict. Maybe an adaptation takes more... A translation, obviously, you have to make connections and, you know... If you're translating poetry, for instance, right. it's hard to keep the the verse, the prose, the way the way that words work together, right. especially when you're translating from one language to the other. But adaptation, to me, is more loose. It's you're taking you're cherry picking parts of this. Okay. Whereas with translation, you're, you, you don't important. have to. But it's better academically if you try to give as much of a whole picture as possible. Okay. I cool. That's my difference. I can I can live with that.
0: All right, so uh, for those of you who haven't seen the movies, I guess we should summarize them. Um,
1: Do you want to summarize Dark Tower? Dark Tower. So I wrote down the names this time, so I remember the names of people. Boom, there you go. Not (coughs) very many names, though, in Dark Tower. Three, actually. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Although those three sometimes change their names, but we'll get to that later, I guess. So you start off with Jake Chambers, who, after reading the Wikipedia summary, is 11 years old. I don't think they mentioned exactly. You know, he's like a junior high aged kid Um, he has a lot of dreams a lot of dreams of this well dark tower right and I think that's why they call it (laughs) possibly and this man in black who's trying to destroy the dark tower he's very attractive it's Matthew McConaughey super attractive (laughs) Um, he also dreams about a gunslinger named Roland and also attractive oh it's Idris Elba this movie's full of American and British treasures right just international <laughs> international dreams. <treasures>. <laughs> so Jake Chambers has these dreams he draws a lot and his parents well his mom and stepdad because his father died in a fire when he was young um are both like I think there's something wrong like he's he's just weird yeah even the other kids at school are like uh, oh, Jake and his drawings like he's got a mushy brain yeah he's crazy he doesn't know what's real and what's a dream um but the kind of, everything kind of kicks off when his parents, and I'm going to use parents as his mom and stepdad, decide to send him to like this alternative school, kind of rehabilitation center type thing. And he recognizes that the people coming to pick him up are these weird like uh, rat lizard men that wear s- human skin as suits. And he's dreamed about these people before. So he runs away. He manages, he finds a house that he had a dream about. And then he teleports to another world. This is all kind of explained in the movie through a lot of just like monologuing. But he meets Roland. Roland's like, you know where Walter is. You have dreams about him. We got to figure out Walter is the Man in Black, Matthew McConaughey. Um, So they kind of go on a little adventure to this village to where there are seers that can interpret Jake's dreams and see exactly where the Man in Black is. Now, Roland and all his crew of gunslingers, he's the last one, but they were all kind of against Walter because he's trying to destroy the Dark Tower, which is explained as, like, the linchpin of kind of all the different... like, the multiverse. It protects all these separate universes from what's outside, which is evil, dark, and demons and things like that. And Walter's like, but those guys are cool. I want to let them in. Um, so they find... They interpret the dreams. Um, they come back to Earth, which has some great like fish out of water. Oh, I love that Roland stuff. trying to figure ah, out so what Earth is, or they call it Keystone Earth. It's right. like Earth Prime, essentially. Eventually, they do capture Jake, so Roland's got to go on like a one-man rescue mission. Big climactic fight with Walter. He kills Walter, ultimately saves Jake, and then both of Jake's mom and stepdad have been killed at this point by the man in black so they just kind of he kind of adopts him and he's like well let's go you know, there's other stuff we can do and I guess the implication being he's going to train him to also be a gunslinger but there you go a pretty cut and dry pretty simple yeah story who would have thought that it would have taken seven books to tell
0: that <laughs> just story just to tell the same it's story it's crazy <laughs> so <clears throat> the plot of Dune uh, has a lot more names Oh, and words. And words, just nonsense words. (laughs) Although some of the nonsense words have apparently uh, origins in real things, but we'll talk about that later. Anyways, the plot of Dune is this, uh, that in the far future, uh, to travel through space, um, we have engines that will go fast enough, but you have to take this drug so that you can see all the different pathways, and that's how you travel through space. There's only one planet where this drug exists. It's called Spice. Um and Milan? The Spice Melange, yeah. yeah. Um, And the only planet that creates it is this planet Arrakis, also called Doom. Uh, the people that are currently in charge of that planet are the Harkonnens. And the Harkonnens have had a blood feud with the Atreides house for some time. The Harkonnens and the Emperor of the whole galaxy mm-hmm. are like, you know what, it'd be pretty easy to get the Atreides family out of here if we do this plot.
1: they're really popular.
0: Right. People like them. We don't want that. So uh, the emperor is like, all right, Atreides family, I'm transferring you to
1: Arrakis to Dune. Congrats, you get the whole planet. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, but Harkonnen's had sleeper cells there, and they're going to kill the Atreides family. Uh, a member of the Atreides family uh, is in on this, and... Only wants this to happen because the Harkonnen family killed his wife. And so, although it means betraying the Atreides, he does help the son of the Atreides family, Paul, and his mom, the Atreides, the head of the Atreides family's concubine, um, escape. They escape and join up with the Fremen who live on Arrakis and they know how to ride sandworms and they know where. The spice
1: is pretty cool, guys. Right, they're neat.
0: (laughs) Uh, Paul unites the Fremen. Well, the Fremen are basically united. Paul directs them, right, to help take over and shut down the Harkonnens. Uh, they stop all spice production, which means that the Emperor, as well as the Spacing Guild, the only people that do space travel, and like the Emperor shows up and he's like, Nah, we'll kill you. And the Spacing Guild's like, Nah you guys are in charge of the spice emperor you need to let him go also you're not the emperor anymore paul's the new emperor and that's the movie that's basically i don't know i don't think yeah. i missed anything no you didn't okay
1: i would that was very concise i'm a concise that's guy that's an absolute <laughs> lie i've never been a concise guy
0: nobody ever says oh he's a concise guy anyways so yeah that's dune and that's dark tower i uh now we will discuss ways that we think they are similar
1: Do you... Or different. Similar or different. Yes. Yes. So... And we talked about this while we were watching the movies. Right. These movies, both... And I think Dune has a lot more exposition. Yes. Especially because, like you said, Dune has so many made-up words. Yeah. All words are made-up words. But it has all these words that aren't in the English language... Yeah. ...to where you really have to explain what I wrote down was that exposition both helps explain these foreign concepts to people that have not read the source material. Right. I wouldn't know anything about it if I because I haven't read Dune if right. I hadn't seen this movie first. And it also helps remind or reiterate to people who are fans what they're using from the book because almost no adaptation uses everything that's from its source material. Right. This helps you know oh they're, they're doing this or doing that but like for instance like you said they don't do, have anything about the emperor's daughter marrying Paul. Right. Even though she kind of narrates the beginning and most right. of it, it's since it's not ever stated that you like oh, okay, so they didn't take that from the book. They uh, to
0: piggyback off of that, I think that it's interesting that although, man, Dune's exposition is a lot clunkier. <laughs> no, it is. It's they just it's just a <laughs> lot of word dumps sometimes. You just <laughs> Paul reading from the dictionary at the beginning of his scene, just so that we can be like, all right, let's explain like five themes about Arrakis right now. Dictionary is reading to him, he reads from the dictionary, boom, we've explained like five of these keywords that you need to know. Uh but another thing that they do, in addition to letting people know people who know the original material, what they're using, it also helps you know what they've changed. Yes. For example, <clears throat> um, you can't
1: adapt without changing.
0: Right. The weirding way there's this this sort of weird gun module things that you say words and it explodes, it, it shoots things in the Dune movie is absolutely not that in the book. It's a kung fu, it's a martial arts. It's not guns, it, it's not really words, it's, it's, it's not that at all. But they needed to find some way, ah, this is why they are... Combat where they can superior, beat, right. yeah,
1: where they can stop the spice production.
0: Uh, there was another one too. Oh, just the idea of Mentats having blood-stained lips. That's one Mentat in the books has blood-stained lips because he drinks this stuff. But the, these Mentats, these characters in the Dune movie and and book that are these supercomputer people, that's they just needed some way to show. oh right here are seven different Mentats. They all have blood-stained lips yeah. and big ass eyebrows. So I think that it's it's a it's a good way to show similarity and a good way to show difference between the original material and the adapted work by having this sort of info dump.
1: Yeah. Um, I also think that they both had, obviously, they both take place across multiple worlds. Yeah. Most of Dune is well on Dune. Right. But you have the beginning. I don't remember the name of the planet that the Atreides. Oh family yeah. Uh, so like Caladan. That, oh okay. I feel like they mention it briefly just briefly right and then while it is kind of a multi-first thing it is multiple worlds in Dark Tower as well and that's just a classic sci-fi or even sometimes fantasy thing I feel like it's more common in sci-fi to have multiple worlds that you go to that are so different in a geography but it's just a common sci-fi thing and I feel like Dark Tower is a sci-fi movie yeah not as overtly as Dune but Uh it's there's, there's a lot of science fiction whether
0: or not the book is science fiction and that I think is debatable, super debatable I think that the movie is definitely solidly on the sci-fi side With if we use George, George R. R. Martin has his definition of sci-fi is he calls it the set definition are they on a spaceship? It's sci-fi do they go to another planet? It's sci-fi do they have ray guns? It's sci-fi um, and it's a super trite definition uh, but two things are true, it means that Star Wars is sci-fi which we all obviously know uh, yeah. But two, I think that it means the Dark Tower is sci-fi because it, it, they have computer stuff and it, they're and doing those, weird science those, stuff.
1: They have magic, of course, too. Right. But they... You know, like the gateways to the other worlds. That's yeah. super like, high-tech, futuristic-looking right. stuff.
0: I, uh, I thought an interesting similarity between the two was how it seemed like they, caught, they cut a lot of... I mean, this is a thing that adaptations have to do as well. They cut a lot of stuff that seemed unnecessary. Yeah, having read both of these original materials before, well, the first Dune book and the entire Dark Tower series. Which Dune the movie? I guess this is a difference that we may talk about later. Dune the movie is the first book, and the Dark Tower is kind of all seven.
1: Yeah, a little bit of each,
0: right? Um, And I think that that's I guess maybe the first six, but I think that that's an interesting thing as well that they they cut a lot that they didn't need. They like you said before, they never explained that the princess Irulan from Dune. Mm -hmm marries Paul Atreides because that's not that's not, necessary to the not story. that's not relevant that's yeah. not relevant to the story that they're trying to tell um, they never talk about the fact that um, I mean they reference God a couple of times and they say the word jihad they never reference the fact that they are that most of the par- people in the emperor or in the empire the Bene Gesserits uh, the emperor himself most of the royal families follow some very prefer- perverted form of Catholicism oh that's I yeah, that, I yeah know that that's not something they bring up in the movie because so it's not relevant they use the word jihad in a way that seems like it's a lowercase j jihad but in in the book especially that's a very important that's like part f- like it's it's a religious war that they're trying yeah, to the, perpetuate the Fremen's are, right. are
1: perpetuating
0: yeah them, right. and I think that that's I mean Dark Tower cuts basically the whole first movie which seems or first book which seems weird but also not they cut a lot they cut a lot and I think that if you watch the movie wanting a movie, wanting something fun, then those cuts don't like matter.
1: Yeah.
0: They Good. cut out two whole characters, but I think that if you wanted to put them in, it, if they wanted to shoehorn them in in a movie of this length, or even a movie that was an hour longer because it was only what an hour and a half, Yeah. Dark Tower could have been two 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 and a half hours and still these two characters it would have taken a lot more time to introduce them to make them not look like caricatures. Yeah. So I think that that's that's something that was important in both movies, knowing what to cut and where, and I think they did a mm-hmm. good job.
1: I do too, although a lot of people would probably disagree.
0: Eh, who cares? They're not here right now. <laughs> Remember, please listen to our podcast. <laughs>
1: uh, I was going to say that... um, And this is almost more of a fantasy trope, although also... In sci-fi, the idea of like a, like a prophecy, a prophetic child, and yeah. and in both it is because although Paul looks like he's in his twenties in the movie and is, <laughs> in the books I'm to understand he's in like, like fifteen, his, like fifteen, yeah. yeah. And like I said, Jake Chambers is eleven. Yeah. Both these children that, and it's less of a prophecy, but you know that Walter in Dark Tower is looking for a child that has like a strong psychic gift. I think they call, right. they call it the Shining. They call it the Shining. Right. It's from The Shining, but yeah, yeah. Oh. It's the same thing as... Wow. Yeah. See? I know that Stephen King does that, but I never... Yeah, the shine. But he he knows there's a child out there that has a strong enough shine to let him destroy the Dark Tower. Right. like a, Less of a prophecy. Although Jake does have dreams. Right. Like very prophetic dreams. It's whereas, not an overt...
0: He's the chosen one, but he is essentially yes, yes. the chosen
1: one. Um Whereas in Dune, Paul is kind of overtly the chosen one. Right. He's able to do things that well, they, they refer the... all the time.
0: They say, like, oh, just like the legend. Just like the yeah. legend. Yeah. Like the... They never say what the legend is.
1: But <laughs> but they do say the Kwisatz yeah. quiz, quiz, quizax... Haderach. Yeah. Kwisatz Haderach. Haderach. It's a... And then once he does these things that no one else except for. Right. That like, prosthetic person would be able to do. They know. They're like, he is. Yeah. He is this person. In fact, they—I mean—they talk about it even before they realize that he
0: might be this guy. You see early on when, in one of their weird uh, voiceovers that they do, you've got the guy like referring to Paul as "oh," he, like he's quoting parts of this legend. He takes mm. to your ways as if they were your yeah. own. Maybe he is the guy, and then he ignores it for a while, but then it comes uh, back because yeah. he's got you know. So I think that's yeah, he's he's overtly a legend, but they're both they both seem to have this prophetic gift. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it was also interesting uh, similar to that where did it go? I just had it Um, the idea that oh man it's gone now I lost it your notes are much more thorough than mine (laughs) you've got this beautiful page and I'm just reading from my book (laughs) Um, I think that it's interesting one of the similarities between the movies oh this is what I was going to say a lot of the things in the Dark Tower that they need to explain that would happen internally, are said in a way that doesn't make them feel clunky. Yes. Jake Chambers has these dreams, so he draws them out. He draws them, and people are like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Oh, it's from my dream." Um, in Doom, they just do voiceovers. They do inner <laughs> inner voice, well, yeah, inner voice in as yeah on the uh, on the on the subtitles. But yeah, no, it's I think that a lot of a lot of Dark Tower is finding elegant ways to make things that ought to be read fit visually. And a lot of Dune is saying, fuck it, why? (laughs) He's got an inner monologue, so let's show a still image of him watching as the spaceship flies away and we'll have inner monologue going over the top and kind of an ethereal version of his same voice.
1: And I don't know that I've ever read a book that doesn't have some kind of inner monologue. Right. Like the book I'm reading now, it'll be like, this character said to this person, sentence. Yeah. And then it's three or four paragraphs of this guy's description of the person or right. anything else. And then it's the, the other person's reply. Right. Like it it's almost never just dialogue.
0: Right. And I think that I feel it's... like they could
1: have done it differently when Dune, but I kinda like the universe. It's unique. It's yeah. it's weird. But... It's
0: weird and it fits the weirdness of the rest of the movie. I think that a lot yeah. of a lot of Dune feels stylistic. A lot of Dune feels like I mean no planet would be structured like any of these planets. No. <laughs> but all of the architecture is very specific to each family. Like, yep. the Emperor's palace does not look like anything. Well, even, I mean, the Atreides house, the first one, has a lot of gold too. But That's it's true. not the same as all. It's not ostentatious. Very different. Right. Um, the Harkonnens have a very... It's, its Just everything that they have is gross. It's a very sickly green and black
1: everywhere. Even um, the... Harkonnens right the Harkonnens sickly. are they're sickly except and, for Sting well he's sick in his head he's yeah that's right sick in his body
0: um but yeah I mean it's it's a very stylistic movie as opposed to Dark Tower which I think is supposed to at uh, to some extent it's supposed to feel like this could happen in our world yeah um mostly because it's also at least a little bit set in, in our world, world on Keystone in, in modern times yeah right do you have any other similarities or differences?
1: I do. Actually, I feel like you should talk about this one. We have the Litany Against Fear in Dune. Okay. And we have the Gunslinger's Creed in um, Dark, Tower. Dark Tower. Yeah. And to me, both of these, because they're both said by the main character... Now, in Dune, he learned it from his mom. Right. And in Dark Tower, Jake learns it from Roland. Right. But I feel like they both repeat this in Times... Obviously, in times of struggle, when they're they can't figure something out, or they're in pain, or something like that. Right. But I feel like they're they both remind me of just the way that like little kids or just even maybe teenagers have to like psych you have to psych yourself up for something. Right. Even as an adult too, you have right. to be like, I can. Do it's this. your motivational. I can do this. Yeah, it's I your can motivational
0: words. It's yeah.
1: And there's a familiarity in saying the same thing each time, that, right? That can come for you in, in a situation like that.
0: I think that it's interesting that you bring that up as well because it is it is something that they were taught I mean Paul learns it from his mom and, and Jake learns it from Roland but Roland learned it from his parents but that's, that's the gunslinger so it's something that you yeah. learn they don't talk about this in the movie because it's while well, cool not important he he learns it from his gunslinger training so he knows what is it I I, I do not shoot with my gun he shoots with his gun has forgotten the face, with his, face, face of his father I shoot with my heart um, although it's longer than that, but the idea that it's this it's this mantra that he must recite to remember not only that this action that he's going to do is something that he can do, but to help keep him in the proper frame of mind to do that action to help remind him I'm not this needs to not be for vanity or anything or revenge. right. Yeah. This is something that is personal to me. This is something that I'm
1: doing. And even you're giving yourself the, not the blame, but you're like, it's, it's full responsibility. of, right. I do not, right. because you are the one that has done this action. And the Dune one, similarly,
0: is is taught to Paul by his mother as part of the, the Bene Gesserit training that he gets. The Bene Gesserits in Dune are um, this sisterhood, it's, it's all women with the exception of this one man, um, that train to be diplomats gotta, yeah. and concubines and religious leaders and things like that and they have all of these skills. One of them um, in the book of the movie being this this sort of this weirding way this in the movie it's this gun language that they can use. Um, they also have um, what do they call it? The voice. The voice, yeah. Uh, which in the book is less of a an overt like mind control drop your tone and you can influence people to do things mind control wise and mm. more of just a really suggestive way of talking. Like pattern matching and vocal like language matching that people do even now in like work scenarios and yeah when you hang out with a group of friends you match their same language it's the way that people people work yeah. and if you can do it consciously you can win friends and influence people that way anyways yeah. paul gets all of this training from his mom because as this potential hadarak, um he should be able to have all of this training as well. And sure enough, mm-hmm. he does. Uh, but part of that is this litany against fear. Uh, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that leads to greater failures. Like to be obliteration yeah. or something like that. Yeah.
1: Um, and More overtly an emotional, calming right. thing you would say. yeah, Right.
0: And I think, that, um, I think it's cool that both movies have this idea that and actually, in Dune, it's very apparent when the Reverend Mother of the Benny Gesserits talks to Paul. Both of these mantras are important because they recognize that we have emotion, and emotion is important, but we shouldn't act on those emotions. Yeah. I must not fear fear is the mind killer. We have fear, but you can't... I, 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 he says let in it the control second half, yeah. I, I say, I let it wash wash over me or pass through me or something like yeah. that. I'm going to... Work something through is, my fear, yeah. right? As opposed to, and then
1: the, what is? At the, it ends with like, the fear was gone, and only I will remain. Yeah, like, like the fear. This fear is temporary, right? I will always be here. The fear is going to be, and then it's going to go back away again. And the the Dark Tower one, the Gunslingers' oath, Gunslingers' creed. I can't remember. It's been a
0: minute since I've read the books. Um, is similarly linked to emotion. The idea that, um. I guess in that one you kind of have to it, it's about owning your emotion. It's about recognizing that it's the stupid bumper sticker on the back of all of the worst cars. Guns don't kill people. Or, yeah. Yeah, guns don't kill people, I kill people. Right. But it's a it's a much more ownership version of that. I'm going to shoot my gun. I'm going to kill this person. But at the end of the day, I'm the one that killed this person I felt in my heart yeah. that this is what I needed to do I looked at him with my eye and I knew this is what I needed to do and I leveled my arm at him and I killed this person it was not my gun that did it it was not the bullet that did no. it and I think that I think that it's interest. I think that's interesting
1: you're right I like I like that you brought that up um, and then both have although it's comedic in Dark Tower mm-hmm. the being thrown into another culture yeah um, in Dune it is just once the Atreides family gets to Dune now they've read about Dune he's talked about Dune out loud to no one <laughs> but <laughs> it, they are adapting to a new culture right. they're learning about the Fremen the Fremen are teaching them things too Right. that this is how we run this this is how Dune is right this right. is how the spice
0: collection works yeah. this is what
1: happens if you go into the desert this is how you avoid sandworms that sort of thing yep. and then in Dark Tower the whole there's the whole scene in the hospital and the bus i love yeah. when the two girls are like hey we want to go to the party and roland's like you've both forgotten the faces of your fathers or whatever like,
0: when the doctor is listing off all the diseases that roland he's had, like hepatitis, this hepatitis a b c e right um and and he's like ah thanks long days and pleasant nights here for your troubles and hands them like a gold coin come jake bring my guns and they're like what
1: the hell what was
0: that yeah, I like I like those moments. I like that moment as well because it's that happens a lot, a lot in the book in the Dark Tower book.
1: I bet. Books. I mean, there, there are multiple realities, and right.
0: not just the two that are in the movie. But off, there are many instances, especially later on the books, where Roland has to deal with living in America. Where some characters who live in America have to deal with living in different time periods. Mm-hmm. One of the characters comes from the nineteen sixties. One comes from the nineteen eighties, and one comes from. How does it how does it work? Sixties, seventies, and eighties, or something like that.
1: That um, there's someone from prohibition stuff. Well, right? it,
0: Susanna was born around that time. Okay, her character oh, comes yeah. to America, or comes to comes to hang out with Roland from the from the fifties, maybe the sixties. Okay. Doesn't matter. Anyways, the idea that like. Um, she'll reference or one of the characters will reference somebody who's in popular culture at that in their time period and the other ones won't remember because either that hasn't happened yet or it wasn't important 10 years prior um but it's a way to represent something funny and maybe not important but funny and neat Mm -hmm. um without having to i don't know do all of the stuff that they did we don't need yeah. him mispronouncing the word aspirin for seven books. We don't need him being grossed out by mayonnaise for seven books. But <laughs> I mean, it's mayonnaise still is pretty gross when
1: you think about it. It
0: is. He thinks it looks like semen in the books. I mean, and he's like, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat your sandwich. And I'm like, fine, I'm going to eat. He's like, you're going to eat that? And I'm like, okay, dial it back <laughs> Roland. Like, we know what you mean. I watched you gut a fish and eat it raw. So that's not. <laughs>
1: so cowboys do yeah Um, one of the big things after the differences and it's really only in one character situation is that the Harkonnens and the bad guys in Dune are comically evil they look yeah you're like oh these are the bad guys like when they cut to his house and he's got people with their eyes sewn shut and ears sewn shut and there's he's like pouring blood on himself you're like oh I think these he, are the bad I, guys. Must be bad, right?
0: <laughs> when the beast Raban squishes a little bunny rabbit thing or a rat or whatever he yeah. has, and like drinks his blood like a juice box. It's like a, yeah, it's like a <laughs> contraption built intentionally to be a juice box for living small mammals. You're like, oh, that's nasty. They must be the bad guys. Good guys wouldn't do that. And you can hear it screeching.
1: Yep. Nah. <laughs> But now in the Dark Tower, these lizard rat people are wearing human skins. They're putting even on a guise of like attractiveness. Right. We are humans. And then you have Matthew McConaughey, who's friggin' Matthew McConaughey. And right. He's, he's At terming. no point is he ugly in the movie. No. There's no, like, they burn... Like, his face falls off or nothing no. crazy like that. But, yeah, and he is charming. In this, it's... It's obviously a magical charm when he can just be like, stop breathing, and then people just like drop dead. Right. <laughs> but, I don't know. He could try that in real life and who knows what would happen. Who knows? I
0: might. Um, but no, I think it's interesting you brought that up as well because um, the bad guys in Dark Tower who are hiding the fact that they would look evil are the... They're lesser. They're the, yeah. the minions, yeah. the mooks. Really. Um and the only person that could even be considered marginally visually not assaulting on the side of the <laughs> Harkonnens in Dune is also not the head of the Harkonnens. Sting, yes. Sting from The Police plays um, Fade Rautha in the Dune movie. And, I mean, he's Sting. He's not... He's he's pretty okay. He's at the very least, I mean, in, in the movie and in the book the Baron Harkonnen is so just gouty and overweight that he has to have a belt that allows him to reduce the gravity
1: And that's not that's not a good and look just, for him and he just comically floats in the movie right he's not even just like oh I can walk easy he's, right. he's like Pew, flying through the, the sky, sky. Right. yeah <laughs> but
0: Sting is not that way Sting looks a lot more respectable like like Walter does in the Dark Tower and I think that it they really sort of set the tone for the way you're supposed to view these bad guys if you're sort of like Baron Harkonnen and his whole organization top to bottom is a joke I mean they do they (laughs) they killed the Duke and a couple of other wins for them but we're supposed to look at them and be like ah these are the bad guys and I think we're supposed to look at Walter and think yes he's a bad guy but but it's his
1: actions that show that and not right
0: he's keeping these other guys in check maybe he's not you know He's doing the best he can with what he's got.
1: Yeah. And really until they explain until Roland explains what's outside of the Dark Tower even before you're like I don't know why he's trying to destroy it. It seems like the wrong thing but I don't... Right. What is that? Traditionally a Dark Tower is a bad thing where like a bad guy lives. Right. You know?
0: uh, Another thing that I thought was interesting when I was watching both of these movies is I think that all story beats in both of these movies Um, or I guess all of the differences between the movies and the source materials could be broken up into three categories. Movie tricks to show book stuff. Mm -hmm. So in Dune, it's all of the exposition. It's the Princess Irulan just straight telling you the story of Dune. It's Paul watching his encyclopedia about Arrakis. It's all of the inner monologue stuff. I think I had a couple of other ones that were big ones like that that were moving magic to explain stuff. Oh, changing their voice to explain the inner voice. Um, yeah. Uh, or the the weirding modules because a martial art that nobody else knows that's better than... That's kind of hard to explain without having yet another dialogue based info dump. Um, a second category is cutting un- unimportant things. Yeah. Um, so in the Dark Tower... I mean in Dune, it's things like... Um, Ignoring all of the stuff about Catholicism that I had talked about, uh, there's a there's a character named Doctor Keyes who uh, in they mentioned him just once in Dune, um, and he was sent by the Emperor as this agricultural guy to go live with the Fremen, and when he got there, he just immediately converted to everything like he he loved everything that the Fremen had to say, all of their philosophies, um, and so in the larger biblical analog that is Dune he's John the Baptist he's the one that's there yeah. prepping the Fremen for the idea of their Messiah Paul Um, you mean Jesus right naturally <laughs> uh, oh the fact that they don't actually have to tell you what the legend is because it doesn't matter they just tell you it's a legend we know that's a legend yeah. no one brings up the fact that the Lady Jessica Paul's mom and Duke Leto's concubine she's a Harkonnen she's Baron Harkonnen's daughter
1: whoa
0: yeah yeah, that changes everything. That would have thrown everything. a whole wrench into the entire idea of the They would have had to
1: explain so much. Right.
0: Um, Dark Tower has a ton of this. They cut a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think that... Well, I have in my notes that I think that the only way that you could have made... If they wanted to do... If they wanted to do the whole series of books, they had two options. One, make a whole bunch of movies. And the only way you're going to get that done is if you have some sort of Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings level nerd... For the Dark Tower movies, that you're gonna the, film all of them right, together right now, and I don't know how viable that is, uh, especially because if you just do one movie per book, the first movie is gonna be real boring, or do what they did, which means cutting out cutting out the whole book that's backstory for Roland,
1: just putting that in. Right, he has dreams, and it shows what happened before, like
0: cutting out the entire, like like they did for this movie, cutting out the entire book that's basically The Magnificent Seven. That has no... I mean, elements of both of those are in this movie, but that has no bearing on the larger idea that the movie wanted to tell, which was basically the relationship between Roland, Jake, and Walter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the third category was weird additions. Just odd things that sort of yeah. maybe were stylistic decisions from the director or some things that just were a little odd. Um, and there's more of them in Dune. I think that the only reason that Kyle MacLachlan plays Paul in Dune is because, well, David Lynch likes Kyle MacLachlan. He's way too old to play Paul. <laughs> but, I mean, he's a good actor and yeah. David Lynch uses him a lot. Uh, I think I had a couple more for Dark Tower. Or I mean, for Dune. Um, oh, just the, the stylistic... Decisions to make the planets look so vastly different. Um, yeah. All the Harkonnen, a lot of the Harkonnen body mod stuff, I think, is different. Um, <laughs> that Patrick Stewart's character saves one of the little dogs. I don't really bring that up in the book, but it's so neat. There's this little dog running around, and you see Patrick Stewart with this dog tucked in his coat He's shooting like... Harconans. <laughs> it's a nice dog. He's so nice. Um, and, I mean, Dark Tower has a little bit of this. I think that. Um, Oh, I can't remember. But I brought up some of some of the things, or I was I was thinking about some of these things that they they added to it um, to help explain a little bit more. Um, I guess or even, even just, just the to look of the fill stuff, right. to Fill the movie in some cases. And I think that when you make a movie, when you make when a company makes a movie, they're going to do that no matter what, either because they're trying to placate people or because it's the only way to get it done. But I don't think that that's a problem. I think that you have to. It sounds defeatist to say you have to expect that, but I think that you have to be comfortable with that being a thing that's going to happen because n- mm-hmm. there is there is no instance where someone will take the thing that you love and make it into something you also love as perfectly. You would have as to be the one. You would, you would have to, be the make one to make it. A yeah. and B. There will never be an instance where a movie is made exclusively by one person that is on this scale. Just the idea that there are actors in it means that the way that they're doing a role is different than the way that the director, the screenwriter, the producer, the author of the book, and you as the viewer would have thought they were going to do it.
1: And that's okay. They're going to do it... When it comes down to it, they're going to do it in a commercially viable sense. They're going to try to they're right. trying to make money. Right. If that means cutting this or getting this actor instead of this one because they're cheaper or even because... They want to do the part. It's just how they're going to do it. There's no way around that. Remember, our
0: sponsors are Paramount, Universal Studios, <laughs>
1: Warner Brothers.
0: No, I'm kidding. We have no sponsors, and that's something that I'd like to keep. Uh, but that's just an <laughs> aside. But no, I think that you're right. That I, It's it's foolish to think that an organization that's making these kinds of movies isn't in it to make money, at least a little bit. But I also think that it's cynical to think that that's the only reason they're making movies.
1: No, yeah, and there are filmmakers that put their craft before that sure and make movies that don't make money right because that's the movie they wanted to make kevin smith had said before something about like
0: um when someone had asked how do you feel about people pirating your movies um and initially he made some joke he's like oh no what am i gonna do with the millions of dollars <laughs> that i already have um but he was like he's like no obviously it'd be super great if you paid for my movies but really i want to tell a story Buy it if you can. If not, download it. And I think that, that that is a... I think if you asked a majority of people involved in making movies, that they, for the most part, would echo that sentiment. It's really nice to get paid. But also, we we want to tell a story. There's probably ways of making money that are quicker and less exhausting. So
1: <clears throat> True. Um, you want to do questions? I think we've got questions.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, you go first. Me go first or you go first? You can go first. All right, I'll go first. So, um, question for Dune, mm-hmm. because I think that oh, my my first question for Dark Tower will follow up with this as well. Uh, is there anything in Dune that didn't make sense? Was there any moment in Dune hmm. where you're like, that thing is confusing?
1: I don't know why they did it, or I don't understand why it's there. Now, they mentioned that the spice is the worms. Not what that even means. Okay. Do the worms make the spice? When the worms die, is that spice? They excrete it, I think, is okay. the deal. Yeah. They shit it out. Yeah. They eat and sand and turn it spice. people snort it in and they can go through space.
0: Right. How many space. times have you... I mean, I've snorted worm <laughs> shit... The, what? It's Monday? I've snorted worm shit twice already this week. Sometimes you just gotta get to QT faster than your car will let you.
1: <laughs> right. It's rough. It's rough. It's a rough life I live. In. Um... Let's see. Other th- and I feel like because I've seen it twice, maybe I've made more connections. I feel like... I can't remember the first time being ever being really confused about anything. Okay. I feel like they explain it well enough, if not sometimes too much. Right. Like, I got that Arrakis was Dune before they said it five or six times. But they're <laughs> the same planet, it's just a different right. name for the planet. Yeah. The same way Earth is Earth, Terra, all these different Iru. names that they... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. if There's anything else that really confused. Okay, so if so there speak. were, if there was, anything like you said, that they don't. They never really explained main... the prophecy, but I never had an issue right, with you that. Didn't, yeah, the, it was an established. Thing everyone they didn't explain. In the universe knew it, right? So it would have been weird if they explained it, since everyone already knows it. He's the legend. <laughs> what legend is that? Pa? <laughs> you remember the legend I told you last night? Yeah. No, I, everything
0: the things that the things that weren't explained to you that you didn't know
1: were unimportant. Yeah, didn't bother me in any way. Okay. Um what is your favorite, not maybe not even favorite. What do you think are some some of the best adaptations of a book to a film or even a graphic novel? I say that because one of mine is Watchmen. Okay. And it the adaptation doesn't even have to be Good in the sense that it makes sense why they removed what they did, why they added what they did. Not that necessarily it's going to please all the fans. Okay. But when I mean like good, quote-unquote, good adaptation, are you going to say Dune and Dark Tower? No, I was going <laughs> <gonna> to say Warcraft.
0: <laughs> because I don't think it pleased all of the fans uh, at all, uh, no. as indicated by the fact that... We are currently sitting here with at least one big fan <laughs> of Warcraft, and I think you found yourself t- at least partially unpleased by the end of that movie. Yes, but I thought it was a really dope action movie. I thought it was a super cool fantasy movie, and I thought it, that, um, I mean, it was it it had the feel of Warcraft. All of the stuff I agree with that, that.
1: The shoulder pads were a little too small. A little, too small, little <laughs> too small. But other
0: than that, But just like some of the some of the neat movie magic things they did, that when we're hanging out with the orcs or when we're seeing something from an orc point of view, we hear them in English. And the humans don't make sense. And when we see the humans from when we see from the humans' point of view, we understand English. If we don't but understand not, Orcish, yeah. which I guess is similar to if you're playing Horde or Alliance and you meet somebody and yeah. somebody else, you just get stuff like Zug Zug. Right. I think that Watchmen is one of the best. If there is a difference between adaptation and translation, I think that Watchmen is one of the best translations we could have ever gotten from that movie. And mm-hmm. I need to watch the very very long version, which I think tops it like
1: three, like hours three or something? three and a half, something yeah. like
0: that. Um, because my guess is they add even more that that is sort of directly pulled from the comic. But even the thing that they changed there, that whole the alien business blowing up New York is cool in the comic. I thought it was neat, but I thought that the it's a bigger threat for Dr. Manhattan, quote unquote, uh, to destroy many major yeah. cities across the world as opposed to
1: an alien threat from outside the planet blowing up just Earth,
0: and or then New be-
1: York. Because they don't have... All that backstory of the comedian finding this out right. and all that stuff that it doesn't really fit. Right. It makes more like cinemagraphic sense. I don't yeah. know what, what word to use. No, so. it does. It
0: makes it, and that's one of the things I think that this is, I hate, I hate, hate, hate this line. Uh, Alan Moore said that one of the reasons why he never wanted a, a Watchmen movie to be made was that he, said he felt Watchmen was unfilmable. And I think that's stupid. There's
1: no such thing as unfilmable. They said Lord of the Rings was unfilmable. Right. And those and are some amazing. of the most... Ralph Boxy did a great <laughs> job. <laughs> I was going to say Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings well, are some of the most... riding on coattails, but, you know. Critically and commercially successful in movies of all True. time. Return of the King is still tied for the most Oscars, I think. Yeah, with Ben-Hur and Titanic. Yeah, like that's... You can't understate how big that movie was. Right. Um... But I think that to make
0: it filmable, one of the things that they had to change was they had to make they had to cut things to make the mystery work better without being able to sit and look at a comic book page for a long time.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that, that every so often someone will say something about Stephen King's stuff being unfilmable. And I think that part of it This is a thing that I have in my notes and I forgot to talk about. I think that Dune really trusts the viewer. Dune the movie really trusts the viewer to take a lot of the things there seriously. Yes. there's a lot of really silly shit
1: in that movie, but in and, the context in the movie, no one is taking that in a silly way. Right, and we're
0: not supposed to either. Yeah. We're not there. Yeah. Are, there are things that there are things that we're supposed to laugh at, like when Baron Harkonnen floats away.
1: But no one in the scene is laughing no. at that.
0: <laughs> but there are things that people would absolutely laugh at that were that we're not supposed to, that we're not supposed to laugh yeah. at as the viewer, not even as the people in the movie. Like there are lines that now, when you say like them out of context, cheesy. they're silly. Yeah. Right. Um, but in the, in, when you're watching in the movie the movie trusts you to not laugh at it Dark Tower the movie doesn't have that but Dark Tower the book absolutely has a lot of silly ass shit a but train a suicidal train it, yeah. that they have to tell riddles to so he doesn't crash into a wall and kill everybody the idea that the spider from It is in there uh, the bad guys that wear Dr. Doom masks and throw grenades that look like golden snitch toys from Harry Potter that literally says, like, what are those? And they're like, I don't know, but it says golden snitch on the side. That's weird. Like, <laughs> when I when you tell somebody these plots from the, or these elements from the book, you're like, that's so stupid. But if you read the book, you're so invested. Yeah. Stephen King does a good job telling the story. And I think that the things that they cut to make the Dark Tower movie are the things that they cut to make the Watchmen movie. And I think that both of those things... Mm-hmm are the only way you can get someone to take that seriously without the investment that the book offers. Yes. Or
1: you have to do the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings approach. Yes, and that's my favorite adaptation. Okay. Of, if we're going to count all three movies as one, um, especially because Peter Jackson and company, and like uh, Fran Walsh and there's several other... He's the one that gets all the credit because he's the director. but his, Right. His his fellow writers and stuff really his were, gang. yeah. His gang were really the people behind a lot of it. Yeah. Um, just that he knew going in, and it helps. And I think you can tell when someone is respectful of the source material and they have a deep like love for it, mm-hmm. based on how the movie turns out. Um, because especially with Lord of the Rings, you have. A lot of stuff's been taken out. A lot of stuff's been added. The elves don't show up at Helm's Deep in the book, but it's so appropriate that they do in the movie. Um, But also just... And this is kind of one of... My next question to you was going to be signs that an adaptation is being respectful of its source material. Mm -hmm. And one of these ones that I'm going to say for Lord of the Rings is that they move lines around. They give lines to different characters. Mm -hmm. They give some of Treebeard's lines to Gandalf. They give some of Gandalf's lines to, like, I think, Pippin. Like, they're in ways that make sense, but also they understand that what Tolkien wrote is really good. Right. Like, maybe we just don't need Treebeard to say it. Maybe someone else can say this, and it can fit in the context of what's going on in that scene. And to me, that shows an admiration of to where they're, like we can't fit this in but let's try to fit it in somewhere else Like, similarly
0: although yeah. on, on the opposite side of things I think that a good adaptation doesn't pick so much things from the source material just so you can say oh look how neat is that oh it's the thing from the thing and I think that some movies some movies do that because that's kind of the point of them ready player one yeah uh, they're not doing it because <laughs> the book does it I mean they're not doing it because it was in the book they're doing it because the book is literally that um, but like there were, there were a lot, they could have jammed a lot more Dark Tower references or yeah. gimmicky bullshit in a Dark Tower movie. And I think the fact that they didn't is exemplary. And I think that the times that they did, it's not, it brought gimmicky. me out of it a little bit. Oh, okay. Every so often, I, as much as I like the movie, I think that there were certain things that I'm like, like the idea, they use 19 as that like he, he keeps remembering the number 19 and it turns out that 1919 is the code that gets him to go through the teleporter to find roland mm-hmm. that jake uses to find roland um and in the book the number 19 just shows up a lot and they think that it's weird because it's it's weird how often this number shows up and that's really sort of it for the book and i think that they could have they could have not put that in yeah, they could have found another way to get him to go to Roland. It could have been that that was the last programmed world. It could have been any number of things. And I'm like, oh, I felt that the nineteen thing was just sort of like, eh, it's nineteen. Um, and there were a couple of other things like that that I, I I felt. But I'm surprised that they didn't
1: do it more. And I was really, yeah, actually impressed with that. And it's to me when it feels gimmicky is when it's that's more of a. Just like uh yeah, yeah look, uh, they did it's it, the thing, it's and the it's thing. not like because I'll have to reread Lord of the Rings to realize who said which lines, like, right? Because it doesn't in the movie. You're not like that's Treebeard's line, right. like no one. Yeah, it's unless you just read the books right. once unless a month. You're, yeah, yeah, unless like, you're Stephen Colbert. Yeah, he he probably would know.
0: Yeah, I mean he's a much
1: smarter man than I. <laughs> um,
0: here's my dark tower question that's similar i guess to my my first one dark tower feels like it's just got better pacing it doesn't feel as stilted or clunky as dune to me would you do you agree i would agree and because
1: why. i think dune is too long I know i can't tell you what they should have cut yeah but once you're in the last hour i'm like when is this movie going to end <laughs> not even like i want it. like i'm like i'm sick of it but right. just I'm like Let's wrap it up, like. I'd... Right, it's Wednesday now. Like, <laughs> we've been here for a very long time. Yeah, and I, I don't know what they could cut. There is a lot of. There are a lot of slow parts in the movie. Like it's, the pacing is off. Yeah. So like maybe I guess I can't tell you which specific slow parts to cut, but if they cut some of those, it might help the pacing of the movie. And I think that's even just. Maybe just indicative of the times they were made. Modern movies tend to have just even more modern pacing, something that audiences are now more used to than because there are a lot of old movies you can watch and the pacing is weird and bad because it's different. Right. Not even because it's like oh you can't tell a story like this. It's Yeah. more of a that's how they made movies then. Right. Gone with the Wind is a long-ass movie.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's valid. What would you what what is it about? Is it is it just then the modern Design of Dark Tower that you think makes
1: the pacing fit better? I think so. At least I think that they knew they had to cut slower parts. Okay.
0: Maybe for me, I think that part of it, I think that part of it is that they find a way to interweave a lot of the things that Dune couldn't. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of Dark Tower has no reading from an encyclopedia. Dark Tower has no really no narration. Dark Tower has not a lot of inner monologue dialogue. Hmm. And I think that... I mean, Dune did it as seamlessly as something like that could be done. And I think that there are parts of it that I really enjoy that. Oh, yeah. Um, But I think that that helps Dark Tower feel less clunky. The fact that they were like, well, if we can't find a way to organically work it in the conversation, ax it. It doesn't need to be there.
1: Like when... Roland explains what the Dark Tower is. Right. He draws a little map. He does... He pulls up a spider to represent the demons. Like he, right. he explains it in a way that makes sense because he's explaining it to a child. Right. What he doesn't explain is that each of the points on the
0: map are represent uh, gods that guard the beam that keep the Dark Tower afloat because that would have been a large info-dump <laughs> chunk and not relevant to the rest of the story. Yep. We don't need no Shardik. We don't need whatever the bear's name Isn't is. is turtle? That. Yeah,
1: because Shardik is the turtle, I think. Okay. He's in and then, It as well, right? Yeah, I think so. He's kind of the, like, the ritual of Chud. He's kind of the, I don't want to say the creator of it or something. Like, he like that's where the kids get it. I, uh, I can't remember.
0: I've not read It, and it's been a while read since what? I've read It. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play this game for forever. We'll just run this tape out. <laughs> Do you have another question?
1: Well... I wasn't, I'm not going to ask the first time you saw Dark Tower, because that movie came out technically opening oh, week was the ago. first time yeah. I saw Dark Tower. Me too. I saw it opening night. Um, but when's the first time you saw Dune? I
0: finished reading the book. I, I listened to the book as an so audio So I was going to
1: ask, did you read the book before you saw the movie? I did. I okay.
0: believe I did. I think I did. I know you did for Dark Tower. I started reading the book. I started reading Dune in high school. Um, and I couldn't finish it. It just... It, There's a lot of names, and I had trouble keeping the people straight and stuff like that. That's why I can't read the Silmarillion. Right. (laughs) Um, And so I stopped, and then I got the—I think that I got the audiobook. I think that this is how it worked, that I got the audiobook, and I listened to the audiobook while I was playing Skyrim. So actually there are moments of the audiobook that are linked irrevocably to places in Skyrim. There's this (laughs) whole—one of the things they cut cut from Dune is a lot of political intrigue. And a lot of the political intrigue that involves the Harkonnens is, for some reason— irrevocably linked to the part in skyrim where there's some sort of like cave that also has like a water system and docks and bandits live there yeah i know that place yeah i don't know why except for that i was listening to it while i was (laughs) playing the game um but i think i listened to the audiobook and then i watched the movie because i think i remember watching the movie and thinking like i know why people don't like this movie But actually, this yeah, it must have been that because I remember as the as the opening credits are happening, like Princess Irulan comes on and gives her opening narration, and it starts the opening credits, and it says David Lynch, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I have at least a little bit of an idea of how this movie's gonna look. And then music by Toto and theme song by Brian Eno, and I'm like, okay, hell yeah. And then produced by (laughs) Dino De Laurentiis, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) I'm not gonna get Dune the movie. I'm going to get Conan the Barbarian the movie in space. Yeah. And I think that that's... I think that that's why... I mean, I, I must have watched it afterwards. Um, but yeah, it would have been since since we lived in this apartment. It would have been in the last four years or so. It was the first time you watched it. was the it. first time I watched it. Oh, first time I saw it was when we watched it for Dino de Lorenzo's marathon. <laughs> Which would have been
1: January of last
0: 2018.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All that, right. Those are all my questions. If you have... I have a couple more more, for me. Actually,
0: yes, I do. Um, Let's see. Uh, Bringing up Warcraft again. um, I think that generally speaking... I guess these questions are more important. Did you like Dune and Dark Tower?
1: I liked both of them, yeah. How would
0: this conversation have gone differently if it was Dark Tower and Warcraft? Well,
1: I don't like Warcraft, for one. Well, yes.
0: (laughs) But would you... Are there things... Because that's a th- that's an interesting that's an hmm. important thing too that you have not read the Dune I haven't read
1: either of these book books or any of the dark tower books so my understanding of why they're to some fans not good adaptations is that I've read it that people have said right. that. Yeah, not that have, I not have that any opinion either way right now
0: how how would the conversation have gone differently if one of the movies we watched was a movie for which you have experienced the original source material and find it to be a bad adaptation?
1: We'd have a whole different podcast. I think. <laughs>
0: All right, we're gonna scrap this one, burn it, start again from scratch. You gotta burn the whole laptop. Yes, it's a bad laptop. It's it. fine. Sorry, Jack.
1: Um, but I mean, I feel like I would have had more more points of what makes a bad adaptation. Okay, and and I don't know that I think Warcraft is a bad adaptation. Okay, I think that. They were adapting a single story, and it makes sense not to have all the backstory, all of the the separate things, like how Medivh is not controlled by a demon. like He has been tainted by Sargeras, who's like the ultimate bad guy. Although they trapped him in the last expansion, so now the <laughs> ultimate bad guy is, well, we're back to Alliance Fighting Horde again. Right. Every other expansion is new big bad guy we're fighting each other new big bad guy we're fighting each Her other World of Warcraft for World of Warcraft yes, yes. Um, but he's like the ultimate evil in, in the whole kind of universe he's one of the original gods and all this stuff that yes they couldn't have fit into the movie I understand right, that right um, but I think I just don't like the movie <laughs> okay I can live with that I think it's I don't think it's a bad adaptation and I would love if they would adapt Arthas and his story same and the Lich King stuff, and even that they wouldn't because be able of to do skeletons everything. Skeletons and
0: snow. I love skeletons and. Snow. They could at
1: least have how he became the Lich King. Right. It's hard to make the movie. It would be hard to make a video game movie about things that an RPG character has done. Like it's yeah. hard to show the death of the Lich King because there's no canon definition of who killed. It's just like no, I did. My character it, did. <laughs> bohemond on the bronze <laughs> server kill Pelich king don't you remember he's done it many times but they were telling you were in Warcraft. yeah i probably ran you through it <laughs> but in the warcraft movie these are just lore things that happened yeah and if they were i don't remember if they were in the warcraft like rts's but you're not a player character you are this right, army yeah. that's reenacting what happened right so okay did either of these movies make you want to read the books or read the books more than you already did? Dune is when we want to read Dune. Dark Tower, I hesitate on because just because it's so much. Yeah. And I, and I do want to read it. Stephen, Stephen King thinks it's his magnum opus. Like it's, yeah. his, it's his crowning jewel of everything he's written. So I do want to read it. Although this is certainly may giving me a stronger interest in reading dune maybe okay. and i understand dune is also an extensive series but well, just only reading if you read, the first only, book, yes only if you read I feel like I more than the first book just the first dark tower yeah.
0: no you can't in yeah. fact i started i read the i was reading the first dark tower got two-thirds of the way through
1: and went out and bought the second and third dark tower so yeah so but i feel like with dune i i would be able to just read the first dune yeah and have a satisfying story yeah Okay, well, those are all of my questions.
0: I think that's it. I think we wrapped up. I think we're about an hour again. Yeah, about an hour, hour and hour and two, hour and three. Do you have Do you have any closing thoughts? Do you If you were to, I guess this isn't a question for the thing, but if If you were to pick two other adaptations that you wanted people to watch from source material that you've experienced before, what two would you have picked? Ooh, um... we can count Lord of the Rings as one movie. All
1: 12 hours of it. I was going to actually say Animated Hobbit. Okay. Because I think that is also a good adaptation. It takes It things... It cuts a lot of stuff that, of stuff you you that isn't mean. necessary. I feel like you should watch that, and then you should watch all three Peter Jackson Hobbits. And I love those movies. Okay. Those are, I would say, are not good adaptations. Okay. I feel like they deviated too far from their source material. Um we may do that. We may do that in a year. <laughs> we may do that later. Do Hobbit and
0: Hobbit Three and Hobbits. Hobbits? Yeah, all four yeah. Hobbits.
1: <laughs> um, Frodo, Sam, Mary, and Pippin. I guess as far as other movie adaptations, I don't know. I don't know that I have. I don't think I have any. I mean, Ooh. I like
0: I like Hobbit and the Hobbits.
1: I would like to read the book for The Shining because I ah, know that that it's very is very different, yeah. but it's not... Maybe it's a good movie but a bad adaptation. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'd have to read the source material to really know that something's a bad adaptation or not, or yeah. what I think if it's bad or not. But with The Shining, I'm, I understand it's a very different movie is what I read all the time. Right, that's what I've heard as well. And uh, apparently, 2001 A Space Odyssey,
0: the book and the movie are very different as well. Yes. So I think ultimately what, what you need to remember is if you've written a book... And you want it to be very, the movie to be very different. And you need Stanley Kubrick to do it. Yes,
1: because he's just going to make the way he wants to. He doesn't right. give a shit. <laughs> it's going to be very different now.
0: Yes. If you've written a book and Stanley Kubrick directs it right now, it's probably not even going to come out.
1: <laughs> probably not. Because um, he's dead. <laughs> it's going to take forever. Too long. Um. I had a thought, another thought, but I lost it. I don't remember what it was. That's a bummer. Was
0: but, it about The Hobbit? Was it about The Shining? Or was it about 2001?
1: No, I don't oh, think... Okay. I think it was about adaptations in general. Oh, well. <laughs> for We'll use it next year. Yes, works for me. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening. Yep, we, need, uh, we still need a sign-off phrase. and yeah, we do. Stay curious? Yeah, I don't know. Stay film... Stay curious? <laughs> <laughs> don't hate movies...
0: Yeah, don't hate movies. Don't hate movies. Don't hate movies. <laughs> don't hate movies. I was just gonna try and come up with something <laughs> profound. And I think maybe sometimes people will think don't hate movies is profound. No, it's just I'm a dumbass. Maybe we just don't hate movies, stay curious. Don't hate movies, stay curious. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how we'll see how Works it goes. Works for me. Works for me. Don't hate movies and stay <laughs> curious, you guys.